Think Again with Borderlands Cooperative. Join us for critical conversations about things that matter. Every Friday at 10am on 3CR Community Radio. 855am on your dial. And on 3CR Digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. So together, let's think again about important matters affecting us, like economics, politics, education, health, climate, and what we can do about it all. Welcome to our 61st program of Think Again, our 19th remote program in a time of the coronavirus. Think Again is presented by Borderlands Cooperative, and as an organization, we have been working towards positive social change for almost 23 years. I'm Jacques Boulet, but Jennifer Borrell, who usually thinks again with me, is not with me today. But uh, we'll be talking with Gavin O'Dee, given that it's Homelessness Week. He has lived experience of being homeless, and he will share some of the issues that led him to becoming homeless, how he has been searching for a home, and finally, how he found secure housing and what that has meant for him and what it took him to come that far again. Kevin, welcome to Think Again. Uh, Good morning, Jacques. Thank you for having me. Many listeners will know already that we're in Homelessness Week, asking us to be especially aware of the still dreadful numbers of people without shelter in wealthy Australia and a rather desperate situation they find themselves in. So just for a bit of context, Ahuri, the Australian Housing and Urban Research Institute's recent research, has shown that Australia has a shortfall of almost half a million, 500,000 almost, social housing properties. Census data have shown that between 2011 and 2016, homelessness increased by 14%, 15,000 people. Other research by the University of New South Wales has shown that well over 800,000 Australian households were in rental stress in 2018, and that has certainly gone worse during the COVID-19 period. And in a very recent piece of research, Ahuri has shown that there is no real understanding in policy circles as to how the nation could create better pathways into secure housing for all. So we're all very much in Australia, very much aware about the paradox, aren't we? The long line of homeless people sleeping uh, sleeping places along the wall of Linda Station in Melbourne, the explosive real estate market prices, uh, putting home ownership out of the question for growing groups of people, and generally driving rental prices through the ceiling as well. And then the triumphant articles in our newspapers about some of the Turak mansions being bought for $12 million and upwards. So we are a pickle, aren't we, Gavin? Welcome again to you, and thanks for being willing to share your experiences and thoughts about homes and about being without them with our listeners. So first off, would you mind sharing a bit of your background with us, where you're from, and a bit about how, at some point in time, you found yourself being without a home? Yes, I will. Uh, good morning again. 
Uh, first of all, I'm a, a middle-aged man and uh, I, I've worked full-time within the hospitality industry for most of my adult life, which I generally enjoyed. However, I was mistreated by several uh, of my employers and over time that took a bit of a toll on me, especially the last workplace where I was, where after informing the employer of my prostate cancer diagnosis, I endured another six months of employment becoming the target of abuse and harassment to the point of having to resign. The next day I was assaulted rather badly, which meant I could no longer work. From then on, I had to survive on New Start payment in the private rental market, which had me scrambling to continue to pay the rent. Uh, I had to borrow from friends to survive a bit longer. The rent was raised. Centrelink then robo-debted me, and eventually I could no longer maintain private rental. I was completely exhausted from trying to stay in private rental and becoming quite mentally unwell at that point. I was diagnosed with PTSD and severe depression disorder and homelessness was a real awakening and severely saddening and that, that was basically how I became homeless. Mm. I just simply couldn't afford to keep paying the rent. Mm. So, mm. yeah, that was the situation in, in that regard. Mm. So... Lots of hindsight, of course, now. Can you describe uh, how you have dealt with the fact that you sort of suddenly became homeless? Well, where did you go when you couldn't afford paying the rent anymore? Did you have friends or family or what did you do? What happened? Well, initially, I, I was kind of in denial for a little while where I, I, I just didn't think I would be uh, evicted from the property. I, well, I had been living there for 10 years. And uh, then I just had to face the reality that I could no longer stay. And uh, with a week to go until having to vacate the, the property, I, I still had nowhere to go. Uh, I knew that I was uh, not uh, mentally and physically going to survive living on the street, but you just don't get a choice. Um, I was petrified, anxious. Uh, I'd been on the waiting list for housing for over 20 years and had been investigating housing options for many months already. For probably 18 months, I'd been trying to be seen by the housing department to be assessed and just kept getting knocked back, uh, continually being told that there was nothing available for me within the public housing system. And I can understand that women and children require housing priority, but as an older bloke, I was surprised that I was being stifled by the lack of public housing. At the very last minute, some friends who owned a shop I visited offered me a mattress on the floor in their spare room. They looked after me beautifully, but I could only stay for a limited time. When that was up, I was then reluctantly afforded the opportunity to stay in a spare room at one of my sister's family's home. Uh, but that wasn't particularly welcoming and uh, and it wasn't very comfortable. I didn't feel comfortable there. This was a very stressful period for her family as I'd been a mystery uncle for over 40 years. I hadn't had any contact with her. After a couple of months, I realised I was no longer welcome and uh, and I was quite devastated by that. I spent the rest of my time homeless, couch surfing from one place to another until a property finally became available. So, 
Yeah. Mm. That's mm. how that went, Jacques. <laughs> mm-hmm. And what, how, how, how must you have felt during that time? Because uh, it oh, sounds quite dreadful. Yeah, it was dreadful. It's, uh, it's an experience I wish to never have to experience again. And mm-hmm. um, uh, it, it, it's just devastating. And, and this, this situation can happen to, some, to anybody. Mm. And it can mm. happen in, in such a, a flash of time. It, it can happen so quickly. And it's, mm. uh, it's very overwhelming, very mm. overwhelming experience. And, and there was, and what happened? What happened with, with your relationships with your friends and all of that? They just dropped by the wayside, or what, what was going on? Um, that, that there is a degree of that, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, look, there were many feelings that I that I didn't anticipate, and I was it was probably the most vulnerable I've ever been in my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, something this I hope this resonates with your listeners, but. Something as simple and yet imperative as not having your own letterbox. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So no consistency with receiving mail, which led to medical and psychological appointments being missed, which is quite dangerous when you're dealing with cancer on top of all the other concerns. Mm-hmm. Throughout mm-hmm. my whole experience, suicide mm-hmm. was a very real option and one that I thought of continually throughout that experience. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, I was catered for with support from the Alfred Hospital, thank mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. Um, some friends stuck by me whilst I endeavoured to navigate the system to obtaining mm-hmm. somewhere to live, mm-hmm. but not all. And I was quite shocked by many long-term yeah. friendships dissolving yeah. right in front of me. Other mm-hmm. friendships stayed strong, maintained support, and some comfort mm-hmm. throughout. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I didn't have the support of family. Um, uh, I, I'd, I'd had previously, I'd had sporadic contact with my father, but that stopped. Yeah, um, yeah. And even today, I find it hard to believe that somehow I managed to get through that horrendous period of time. Yeah, I can However, imagine. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's very we'll, difficult. We'll come back to that. You know, let's just first yes. uh, catch a breath a little bit, and uh, yep. we'll have some music first. What right. uh, we will listen to? What's in the world? Sung by Australian artist Scott Park, and that will be followed by a promo. Is it a crime to not want to work 60 hours each week and still have some place to sleep? It's not my problem, a love. Just ask those in Chelsea or Carnegie. Three gorges down Just ask them What is in a world? What is in a world? What is in a world? What is in a Yeah. 
If you're wrestling with feelings of anxiety, worry and depression or finding the current social isolation measures hard to deal with, we would like to encourage you to call Wellways Helpline. Wellways Helpline is a volunteer support and referral service that provides information to people experiencing mental health issues or other disabilities, as well as their family, friends and carers. We're here to talk if you are seeking information about mental health or mental health services or just need someone to talk to. As a peer-based service, everyone working at Wellways Helpline has a lived experience of mental health issues or disability. Wellways Helpline is a national service and operates Monday to Friday, 9am to 9pm, excluding public holidays. If you feel it would be helpful to talk to someone about these issues during this difficult period, please call Wellways Helpline on 1300 111500. That's 1300 111500. Wellways supports 3CR. Again, 3CR 855 AM on your dial, 3CR digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. Today we're having a conversation about homelessness and we have someone, uh, Gavin Odi, who actually has experienced the reality of being without a home. And apologies if you also heard some interference of uh, what we have been saying before during the music. Kevin, uh, again, going back to what we were talking about just before, uh, wh- how does it felt to be homeless? You already talked about it in terms of, uh, you know, you needing psychological support and all of that. I can't imagine that a lot of other feelings must have come up in addition to just not having shelter for the night, which in itself is, of course, bad enough. But, you know, how how did your friends and family react? You talked a bit about it already, but I, I would like to go back there because my experience is that uh, often the way your close environment reacts to what you've experienced just makes it so much worse. What how, what happened with you there? Uh, yes, Jacques. Um, I, was, I was quite surprised by the people who came forward to offer assistance were, were usually the people I didn't expect it from and the people I thought would support me and some people who had offered assistance that then reneged and and, and turned their back, basically, and just didn't want to know. Um, not having family support to fall back on, um, I, I think that's probably a common thread with homelessness these days. There's feelings of abandonment. There's feelings of unworthiness, feelings of failure, Um uh, it's a horrible time in someone's life, and we, as a society, we need to do better in the way of supplying enough social housing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. we seem to be lacking in that direction. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Particularly for you, 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 because you already had been quite a career behind you of thirty, forty years, and then getting it must have just been 
been feeling quite, you know, devastating. Oh, absolutely at, devastating. At your age. Yeah. And yeah, and especially as uh, you know, I'd, I'd been in the rental property market all my adult life, mm-hmm. and had you know, I, I'd only really had two addresses. You know, I'd been in that place for ten years, and the previous place for twenty-four years. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, you know, so you just expect that things will go on, yeah. and you don't expect that your life's going to turn around a bit. Mm-hmm. And you're in a position where you, you know, there were there were times when I would go without food just to make mm-hmm. sure the rent got paid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I certainly didn't want to have to borrow off people to to maintain private rental. Yeah, yeah. But That's unfortunately, yeah. there wasn't really a choice. I had to maintain private rental because yeah. there was nothing available in the public yeah. housing yeah. system at that That's point. Right. Yeah, I mean, all these uncontrollable factors coming together and feeling quite abandoned by everyone, it sounds like. Did you have yeah. any previous experience of having to deal with what you can do, you know, what can be rather daunting uh, bureaucracies and all of that? Where did you go first? Did you go first well, to the Office well, of Housing? I, I, had, I had limited experience dealing with bureaucracies. Uh-huh. But it, um, it took a really stern effort you know, to to navigate the series of mm. meetings involved and um, but continually being told that there was nothing available. Mm-hmm. No matter how much I tried and how much I reached out, just continually mm-hmm. being told there's nothing yeah. available. But yeah. um, but then I, I made contact with Star Health um, and I was referred to their Mike's program and uh, they had a couple of wonderful people who began to put a case together for me to be considered for, you know, as an appropriate candidate for public housing. Yeah. They contacted Port Phillip Housing Group for me, uh-huh. and as a 35-year resident of Port Phillip, I was entitled to consideration for local public housing. It, it, it took a lot of toing and froing, but eventually we were starting to make inroads. Mm-hmm. Um, I also began consulting with the Glenara Community Information Service, okay. whose community support worker and caseworker assisted me with food and toiletries and psychological care throughout. So that gave me, you know, someone that I knew was on my side. And mm. um, and then I, I'd approached Launch Housing for assistance on several occasions. I need to be told there was nothing in the system. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't even afforded an assessment until a caseworker from Star Health accompanied me there and refused to accept that I was not going to be assessed. An assessment was requested and supplied. Mm-hmm. I could see initially that they were only going to go through the motions, but during the assessment, with some degree of fervour from my caseworker, the tide changed. Something in the lady assessing me changed and she realised I was mm-hmm. someone that really needed to be assisted with public housing. Mm-hmm. And um, after providing documents to, pr- to prove that I'd been on the list for 20 years uh, and that I was eligible as a long-term resident, I was soon offered a, a small unit in Albert Park, which was uh, a, a blessing at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was grateful that I was getting my foot in the door, so to speak, which is a, you know, mm-hmm. a, a funny analogy considering... I didn't have a door to put my foot in. Uh-huh. But, um, yeah, exactly, Jack. Mm-hmm. Um, but but uh, 
whilst waiting for a property to be vac- for that property to be vacated so I could move into it, mm-hmm. I was also considered for a, a wonderful unit on the 12th floor overlooking the city of St Kilda and the Bay mm-hmm. with the South Melbourne Office of Housing. And um, it's just wonderful now to have a home to call mm-hmm. my own, one yep. that uh, I don't have to worry about paying the rent again because it comes out of my pension before I get it. So I'm very lucky. Mm, yeah, I can imagine after all of that doing and throwing. Yeah. And yeah. on that note, uh, we'll come back to that. And on that note, we go to another promo. Yeah, I spent three and a half years living on the street and I know what it's like to have no hope and not to feel part of the society and I think that's where a lot of these people are. But I think we need to help people who are traumatised and help people get back on their feet and give them hope and help them um, feel like they're a part of the society again instead of just moving them on like they're an inconvenience. If it were not for ruminations, how would the views of those of us who have been homeless or are homeless, how would these views ever be aired? How would they ever be expressed? Subscribe to the station that gives airtime to people with a lived experience of homelessness. Support 3CR. on 3CR 855am on your dial, 3CR digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. We're also talking about homelessness today. And we're listening to Gavin O'Dee's personal experiences of becoming homeless and in this last segment of our conversation of how he found secure housing. Gavin, could you share with us the experience of finding assistance and how agency staff went about finding a place for you and particularly then what that has meant for you in all aspects of your experience of your living? Um. Look, I, 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 I unwittingly began to create a support network around myself. I didn't even realise it was happening. But fortunately, uh, a lot of the staff of the agencies that I was involved in, they know each other. So they can start to get a, a, a support team together for you and speak on your behalf on you know, several different levels. So I guess that the the Office of Housing starts to see a picture of you, even though at that point they haven't met you yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but, look, it, it's a, it, it was the wonderful and professional kindness of those people that assisted me in getting housed that kept me going. It was their, their kind wishes as each time I would meet with them again... Um, you know, it can be quite demoralising when you're you're fighting for something and you're not getting anywhere. And those people know to let you know, just hang in there, just hang in there. You know, there mm-hmm. is hope. Um, and it was wonderful that those people are, you know, that they're there and that they make themselves available. Um, the fact that they know the lingo, they know how to talk for you when you don't really know... It's not, it's not so much that you don't know what you want to say, it's that you're quite often exhausted, you know, from 
trying to find somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a team effort. It was for my benefit. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a lot of work went into it. Um, mm. So I, I would just like to quickly thank the, the staff from Star Health, the Glen Ira Community Information Service, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. Port Phillip Housing Group, Launch Housing, and the South Melbourne Office of Housing for yeah. all their efforts in getting me off mm. the street and into a home of my own, yeah. one my very own letterbox again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fantastic. You know, yeah. Have your own letterbox. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably something your listeners might not realise that, mm. you know, without your own letterbox, you yeah, feel right. like nothing. Yeah, particularly <laughs> letterbox in a time where letterboxes are sort of going out of fashion because we now <laughs> relate by computers and all of that. Well, Finally, yeah. Gavin, and I think importantly, <laughs> what, because what happened to you could really happen to anyone, couldn't it? Absolutely. What would you suggest to people becoming homeless? Where, where would they go and what should they prepare for and do? And what yeah. would need to be done to deal more meaningfully with the problem of housing and with homelessness in our society? Yeah, look, homelessness can happen to anyone. And in this COVID-19 era, mm-hmm. I'm sure that we're going to see far more homelessness affecting almost every family within the entire country. Mm-hmm. Someone is going to know someone who's either becoming homeless or has become homeless. And especially Melbourne, as the fallout from COVID is going to bite hard for a long time to come here. Uh, as Victoria spends approximately half the annual expenditure on public or social housing, there are difficult mm. times ahead. And I strongly suggest that anyone facing homelessness begin to contact housing agencies or their local community information service or just a health provider or, you know, a doctor, you know, mm-hmm. to go and see a GP someone like that can direct you in the right way. They can, they can link you to a, a service provider, and that can be the start. Um, mm-hmm. So you, you need to get a team of caseworkers together, and you've got to hope for the best. Uh, the hoops you may have to jump through may be difficult and at times exhausting, but keep a smile on your face. Mm-hmm. And remember, the staff at each of these agencies you may appeal to for assistance are there to help you. You've got to treat them with respect and appreciate their efforts and just be prepared mm-hmm. for the long haul. Try not to expect miracles. But, mm-hmm. you know, you, mm-hmm. you've, got to, you've got to push forward. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter if it's a little step. You just have to keep moving in the forward yeah. direction. Mm-hmm. You know, That's it probably right. sounds a bit mm-hmm. symbolic, but... You know, mm-hmm. it, it's, you know there, yeah. there are agencies out there to help you, mm-hmm. and you just yeah. have to reach out to them. Yeah, and particularly in a situation, uh, because we're now slowly going to the end of our program, but particularly yeah. in a situation, Gavin, I think where it is so needed that the government comes up with solutions for uh, the absence of meaningful and appropriate housing, whether that is social housing or public housing. And the housing situation in this country is quite astonishingly bad, really, if you think about it. There's no alternatives, you know, cooperative housing, co-housing, all of those kinds of possible alternatives where people could gather and together find a solution. It's just not available. So uh, for 
all listeners who would like more information about how they can help campaign for more public housing and support for people who are homeless, please go online to www.everybodyshome.com.au. So again, www.everybodyshome, one word, .com.au, or as per usual, Talk to your relevant politician on both state and federal levels. There's a homelessness heat map available where you can see where homelessness is worse. Uh, HTTPS, uh, everybody'shome.com.au forward slash heat maps, heat uh, hyphen maps. And they will be able to tell you how many homeless there are in your electoral area. So call politician and give him the data or give her the data. Thanks for listening to Think Again on 3CR Community Radio with Jacques Boulet this time uh, with Gavin O'Dee. Remember, if you want to send us a message or ask anything about today's program, you can email Borderlands, borders at borderlands.org.au. Just put Think Again in the subject line. All our past programs are available by podcast and the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au. And we would like to thank Leanne again for pulling this program together from the, C, the 3CR studio while Gavin and I are connected by phone. Meanwhile, stay tuned for the following program, Jailbreak, which gives a voice to prison inmates, their families and friends. And to bring us into this program, we have again Yotu Yindi, World Turning.